0: Well, the lowest risk way to start something or kind of test the waters is go talk to your potential customers. Call up 20, 50, 100 people in your, the industry with the problem you think you can solve and figure out if it is one. And then in that customer discovery process, you will probably, one, figure out if it isn't a problem. And then that way you don't spend too much more time on it. Or two, that it is a problem, and it's much more severe than you originally thought. And it's a great startup idea and you should pursue it.
1: That's Ryan Paul, founder and CEO of Indie Labs. Indie Labs gives companies a simple and efficient way to accelerate the discovery, development, and manufacturing of gene modified cell therapies. Their trademarked delivery system reduces development costs and long lead times, making more affordable T cell immunotherapies possible. On this episode of Think Like a Founder, we talk about meaningful work, the value of relationships, Testing the waters. I'm Maureen Taylor. This is Think Like a Founder. In all the interviews we've done, there are some people that it was kind of a windy road to realize that they didn't want to work for somebody else or that they loved the freedom. And it sounded like this is something that you realized when you were a kid, and. You studied entrepreneurial programs in undergrad as well, and you interned for a medical device company. Why did you do that? What got you there? And what was it like?
0: I think it was just personality type. I always kind of liked working for myself. I took a couple of classes. It was called the Technology Management Program, and it was just kind of being formed when I was at UC Santa Barbara. And then through that, there was a spin-out medical device company called Inogen. And then it was time to try and get some practical experience. So I applied for an internship there, and they accepted me. And then it was supposed to be like a three month internship in, and it ended up being about 18 months. I learned a lot during that experience and it was kind of nice to be exposed to an environment when you have meaningful work and like people are, they like the results of what you're doing each and every day.
1: So the work you do now with your company, it's about regenerative medicine and you seem to seek out work that does help others. Is this part of what you're trying to do? What is it about this type of work that attracts you being of service to other people?
0: you can wake up every morning, you know, you basically have to go to work at some point in time. And then you can either spend that time working on making guns or weapons that kill people or being in a toxic work environment with people you don't really want to be around or, you know, working ungodly hours, trying to make it in investment banking or something. Or you can just wake up every day, work with fun, smart people who get their job done. That's kind of the most enjoyable part of my job is I'm always working with fun, interesting and smart people. And why would you want to wake up every day and do something else?
1: Okay. So motivation is more about loving what you do and to get people around you that you all feel the same way is a key component, not only to your success, but then getting up every day and continuing to do it.
0: Yeah. And you run into problems and all the time. And if you have problems like in your science, you have to work your science or your engineering out. It's just way easier to get through it, grind out another experiment on the weekend or double check your engineering drawings or... Go into your like one hundredth business development meeting that week. That stuff's a little bit easier to grind through when you're working on something meaningful versus destructive, or, or in like a, an unpleasant workplace.
1: A lot of founders say that the right team of course, is key. Surround yourself with the right people, then you'll enjoy going to work, as you said, and you'll reach your milestones. How do you find the right people? How do you build a team? What's some advice that you can give that you've done that has been successful that people listening can learn from?
0: You got to have a process for hiring people. And the more rigorous that is, the better. Some people say like hire slow, fire fast. I prefer like all relationships are great relationships. Some are just great relationships for a very short period of time. So I think you want to be able to identify people who are a good culture fit. Like if you're a nine to five job and people are going to work and then not all the personalities quite match up, that's okay. But you're never going to want to hang out outside of work or have fun outside of typical work hours, kind of getting stuff done and that kind of stuff. So you do want to have a good culture fit where everyone gets along and is a similar personality type and then is also aligned with the mission. Our current team is definitely very mission driven right now. And we all get along really well. That took a little bit to work out. You could have a great relationship or a great working relationship with somebody for a long time and then some change could happen and then it could go terribly wrong. So yeah, you do need to m- kind of vet things heavily up front and then you also need to monitor them and I guess nurture the really good ones and then identify when the great relationships are no longer going to continue being great relationships. Just because something's great right up front doesn't mean it's going to be great down the road and then even if it's been great for a long time it doesn't mean it will always be that way.
1: That's a good way of looking at it. People are short time, mid time, long time and I like your attitude towards always having a good relationship not everyone's supposed to be together all the time in that kind of scenario and it doesn't mean anyone's bad It just you shouldn't let it last forever if it shouldn't be it's not fair to them either
0: yeah but if you're the founder or the entrepreneur or whatever it's unfortunately sometimes your role to identify what's going on and correct for it and then sometimes encourage those people to find a, a place where they would be a great culture fit and have greater mm-hmm. relationships mm-hmm.
1: What advice would you give to people who are thinking about starting something and they might be a little bit nervous?
0: Well, the lowest risk way to start something or kind of test the waters is go talk to your potential customers, even when you have nothing, and just call them up and ask them what their problem is. So many startups pivot and we've been solving the same problem for a while. We haven't had to pivot at all. We've had like, I guess, like small pivots and like, do we use CRISPR or transposon on transpose system or both? You don't have to have like academic IP, granted patents, whatever. You just got to go call up 20, 50, 100 people in the industry with the problem you think you can solve and figure out if it is one. And then in that customer discovery process, you will probably, one, figure out it isn't a problem. And then that way you don't spend too much more time on it. Or two, that is a problem. It's much more severe than you originally thought. And it's a great startup idea and you should pursue it. But you're not going to get that in a lab doing experiments. And then lots of people I know, they start off with their however many years of science and publications and patents, and then they go talk to customers and suddenly they're doing something else. Doesn't mean that they did it wrong. It just means that the sooner you get out there and the more customers you talk to, the more you figure out if what you're working on is actually solving a problem. And then is it a niche problem or is it like a systemic problem? And ideally you find out it's a systemic problem and it's much more of a problem than you you ever anticipated. And that's free. You don't have to incorporate or anything for that.
1: Obviously, you are a student because you're continuously learning, which is we have found number one characteristic of leaders is that they continuously learn. But you've gotten great advice here and there. What sticks? What's stuck? What bubbles up when someone said something it had an impact on you?
0: I think we had one advisor who's actually been a mentor for like over a decade now, who's been great. I probably bothered them a little bit too much early on, and then we ended up becoming friends and stuff. But he just expressed it like you always want the other person to think—not to think, but to actually be doing a good deal. So if you're doing business with someone, we had an example recently where someone like took a really long time to make a decision over negotiating and saying negative comments about our efforts to us was a good way to get a good deal for them. But we ended up just passing. You always want to work with someone and you want to like support them, right? And if it's too early, like help them get to where they need to go. Or if it you are doing a business relationship, you want there to be good margins for them because then they'll focus on your project. That could be financial in terms of like you're a big customer that's really low maintenance and just gives them lots of money for stuff that they're good at doing. Or, you know, it could be like earlier on in the transaction where we've had some people who I started talking to years ago that are now our customers and honestly like if i looked at like the data we were showing them and the way we were doing our science back then it was a, it was a good stepping stone to where we are now but those people were actually really supportive of our efforts and just nice and helpful and provided like free guidance and advice and letters of support for like our grant applications and stuff and that's a good thing i'll always have a positive view of those people and those interactions yeah always try and make it a good deal for the other person too
1: Being a leader, what was the biggest learning curve you went through?
0: Finding smart, enjoyable people to work with with a similar personality or culture fit that can operate autonomously and kind of upskill as they go be it on the science, on the interpersonal skills, on the business development skills, on the leadership skills like that is not a easy to find skill set and then figuring out when to make changes better to make them sooner rather than later it's always more painful later for everybody i think that's been my hardest thing and you never want to tell someone they'd be a great fit somewhere else like that's just one of the most awful things you'll ever have to do but the sooner you do it the better and then everyone's always happier afterwards on both sides of the table even if it was a little bit unpleasant at first and it's how you do it too makes
1: a huge difference
0: I think the most important part is to identify when things aren't going well and then to move quickly and professionally. That's, I guess, the hardest thing I've ever had to learn.
1: And is there anything aside from what you're doing that you want to be when you grow up?
0: Things are really fun and enjoyable now. But I do like working with pre-seed, seed stage founders who have gotten far along enough to raise some money, generate some revenue or something. So it's not kind of like your founders in the earliest stages, but they're a little bit further along. I like working with those people and i've made i think 4 angel investments now and then i work with two venture funds as a venture strategic partner and i kind of help support their investments so there's so many similar experiences even in all the different industries when it comes to entrepreneurship how do you get your first customer how do you grow your business from there that it's all really similar so like i've done some work with people in like ai knowledge aggregation drug delivery and then aerospace and drug discovery. And there's all like a lot of similarities. Do I use open source software or do I go with the expensive licensing stuff, out licensing things from a university or you know, negotiating licensing deals? Early access business model. When should I talk to customers now? And if you haven't done it, you should have done it already. Yeah, it's all pretty much the same. So working with people who have found a little bit of traction, that's been really fun for me. So that's something I'd like to continue doing from time to time when I can.
1: Do you think there's an inflection point happening now? As a student of technology, I just love the human element of the extension of humanness through technology. So I'm very romantic about the industry. Do you think something's happening right now that is more interesting than just normal progression?
0: I don't know. I think like if you go back 10 years from now and we had this exact same conversation, we could come up with reasons why there was an inflection point and 10 years in the future, the exact same thing. So I wouldn't say that we're like going to add an inflection point. I mean, we'll probably be traveling in space in my lifetime and other kind of stuff like that. But then again, we also landed on the moon how many years ago or decades ago? So, That's right, yeah. So I think, yeah, the world will always keep advancing, but to think like we're on like some in- at singularity or on some inflection point, I think that requires a little bit more thought. I did realize that I am a little bit out of touch with technology when I did these angel investments because there's, these people are so advanced in what they're doing. I go back and read up, and I was like, shoot, I thought I was smart, but now I'm not. So yeah, it is like also a cool, fun way to learn about new stuff. That is Being so true.
1: We were just talking to a founder this morning who got advice when he was growing up that founding a company is like riding a surfboard. You have to stick with the wave and you will get through it if you just stay on the board type of thing, whatever.
0: Yeah, if you have like, it's like a big in the winter time and there's like some good swells coming through, you know, you can sit there and paddle out in the middle of the peak, like as the set's about to break and you can just like sit there and basically struggle for 30, 45 minutes or like with good planning and preparation, you pay attention to what's going on. um, You can paddle out in the same exact surf with your hair dry in five minutes. It's, I guess the startup analogy you yeah, have, you just plan and prepare by talking to lots of customers first. Um, you don't have all the other stressful things that you're going to have to deal with. So yeah, good planning and preparation, and you can keep your hair dry.
1: That was Ryan Paul, founder and CEO of Indie Labs. Indie Labs gives companies a platform to develop affordable T-cell immunotherapies for patients in a simple way scalable, and efficient way. Join us next time on Think Like a Founder when I talk to Robert Brunner, founder of Ammunition Group. We talk about the impact design has on our everyday experiences, creating a team-focused culture, and how starting a business is a process, not an event. I'm Maureen Taylor. Thanks for listening. Think Like a Founder is produced by SNP Communications in San Francisco, California. Learn more by visiting us at snpnet.com or connect with me, Maureen Taylor, on LinkedIn to continue the conversation there. Series producer is Roisin Hunt. Sound design by Mark Ream. Content and scripting by Mike Sullivan and Jason Drown. Production coordinator is Natasha Thomas. Thanks also to Selena Persiani-Shell, Eli Shell, Matt Johnson, John Hughes, and Red Bearer.